Father, thank you for the good word of God. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that administrates truth. Lord, we want to, we want to be receptive to the truth. And Lord, that you would enlighten us by the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we might walk out of here saying, flesh and blood didn't show that to us. But by the Spirit, we saw it. And Lord, now we're empowered to walk in it. Just who we are in Christ and Lord, what, what your resurrection really means, not only to us, but Lord, in us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I want to... Uh, give you on the activation time, if you get a chance, eat John 5, 24 and 25. So much of the, you know, when you dive into the word death, you dive into the word life in the New Testament, it's great stuff. And if you get a chance, share your love letter uh, or your thoughts with us at staff at gracechurch.community. I want to share this morning on the death of death. I want to share on the death of death. So let's go to 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done. Amen? But because of His own purpose and grace. I'll I'll never forget being in my room at, at 20 years old, trying to have a relationship with God that I often judged myself unworthy of that I didn't feel like I could keep the rules good enough and do what he was asking. I'll never forget what he told me because I was basically at the end of myself. I didn't know what to do. He said, Steve, I don't love you because of what you do or don't do. I love you because of who I am. And if you'll set your eyes on me, you'll become more and more like me. I know that's your desire, but you've got to look at me. You keep looking at yourself and you're found lacking. We already know that. <laughs> But look at this. He has called us to a holy life, a holy calling, literally. We have a holy calling, not by what we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Look at that last segment. Who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. See, death, biblically speaking, is separation from the life of God. Okay? Death, biblically speaking, is separation from God, the one who is life eternal. Okay? So being separated from the one who is life, the byproduct of that is death. Jesus Christ came and abolished all separation between man and God. Man was separate because of sin, okay, from the life of God, but Jesus came and reconciled us. He ended all separation, providing us with eternal life, life eternal. And it's so powerful. It doesn't just endure in this life. I mean, you know, we need life on this planet. We, we need the God kind of life while we're here. But this life not only endures to the end of a natural life here. It endures throughout eternity. For all of eternity, you have life in God because His life in Christ has been attached to you. If you're a born-again child of God, His life's attached to you and now you're attached to Him. And that will never end. Why? Because you are connected to the One who never dies. Now, He did this in His own purpose and grace. 
You didn't merit it. You didn't deserve it, or it never would have happened. But he did it, and now you're never going to taste death. You're never going to experience separation. Remember Romans chapter 8 says that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. John 14, Jesus said, when I send you the Holy Spirit, he'll come and live within you. He'll abide with you for forever. So even if you pass from this natural life and you shuck your earth suit, the Holy Spirit will, will be with you the whole time. You're never going to experience separation. If you were driving home today and you got in a car accident and you were laid there and they were tending to you and then you, your body expired, you will never be separate from God. Yeah. And you'll be raised just like that. I remember Dwayne Sheriff, who's my pastor, he had a cardiac arrest three years ago and he said the Lord was with him while he was there laying on the table. And then he left his body and they pronounced him dead. And he was immediately with the Lord. You know what's amazing is as well as you know his presence now, when you shuck this earth suit, you'll know him even better. Think about it. This earth suit is nothing. That's how the, 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 the martyrs and the people tortured in Roman times, right, before they set them on fire covered them in oil, and lit them on fire. They were singing. How come? Because they knew you can kill this body. You cannot kill me. I am not this body. My spirit is in union with the one who is life. And he will raise me up. First, after I shuck my earth suit. But secondly, at the resurrection. When we get a glorified body, you're going to get a, a new body that actually matches your insides. This body's, you know, you're dragging around basically death. But your spirit man's renewed every day, right? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Well, you're going to get at the resurrection, at the second coming of Christ, you're going to get a glorified body that matches your spirit. It's like the one Jesus had when he was resurrected. He was the first fruits. You have a brand new body that matches the life that's in your spirit man. And you'll live forever in union with him. Oh, it's so powerful. Now, if you're here today, well, let me show you this. I'll just, let me, let me show it to you real quick. 1 John 5, 11, This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Now, that word life is not bios in the Greek. It's not natural, you know, write a biography about yourself. It's the God kind of life. It's Zoe life. Verse 12, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God doesn't have life. If you don't have the Son and you don't have life, you're abiding in death. You're living separate from the one who is life. Verse 13, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And I would add to that that those of you who don't know Christ, you've never received Christ's life, you've never received Him on the inside of your person, He's writing this to you so that you can know, I need life. Because if you're here today and you do not possess Christ, then you're not waiting to die one day, you're already dead. You're dead right now. Adam left us that way. That was the first death the Scripture speaks of. We were born into the first death. But whoever has the Son, has this life, escapes the second death. What's the second death according to Scripture? It's, life, it's eternity separated from the one who is life. Yeah, starting now. It's hard to say that Zoe life is, is a duration of life because there, it's God's life. There's no beginning and end to God. 
I can't say it's a duration. I can only say it's everlasting. It's always been. And you got in Christ, you, you hooked your wagon to that life. You're connected to that life and that life's now connected to you for all of eternity. What was our problem again? <laughs> Remember the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17? It's the same thing. The children of Israel hooked their wagon to David. And whatever happened to David on that battlefield happened to them. If he won victorious, they were victorious. If he lost, they were going to be slaves of the Philistines. The Philistines did the same thing with Goliath, their king. But God the Father has hooked our wagon to Jesus Christ. And now His life, He could not be killed. He did taste death on the cross. He did. Literally became sin, which is separation from God. That's where we get, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That is the Son of Man. But because He's the Son of God, He never ceased to exist. Let's don't kid ourselves. That's how He was able to overcome death. And you're connected to Him. And He's connected to you. So you're never going to see death. You have escaped the second death. Praise God. Colossians 3, 4 says that Christ is our life. Romans 5.12 says, Sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death entered us through sin. Because death equates to separation from God. Or sin equates to separation from God. So what Adam did is left all of us dead, void of life, separated from God, what Jesus Christ did. And if you want, man, read all of Romans 5 today. From 12 to the end, you'll, you'll be celebrating. Because Paul contrasts what Adam had the power to do to us pales in comparison to the power that Christ exuded to make it right. Man, can I say again, I'm never going to see death. I will shuck this earth suit, but I will never be separated from God. And how long is that going to go for, Steve? Oh, forever. That's what I'm saying. This is... You know, Solomon wrote about it. This is such a vapor. This is nothing. This is nothing. All of this is temporary. And the more I studied it this week and the more I began to grasp it, the more I realized, oh my goodness, all authority, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to Him. The boldness, the confidence, the security to live this life is all in me. (laughs) The life of God. I mean, if God be for me, Annie, who can be against me? I mean, we have divine life on the earth. Death has nothing on on us. Look at John 5, 24 and 25. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. If we hear the Father's voice, we receive him, we put our trust in Christ, we pass from death to life. So death, where is your victory? You can't kill me. That's what I love. Again, I know I said it about the martyrs, but I love it. You, you, you can take my body, but you can't kill me. Change my address. I like that. Verse 25. Truly I say to you, a time is coming, is now come, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and everybody who hears me will live. Divine life. Now, later on, he's, he's going to talk about hearing the voice of the Father to those who are in the grave, talking about the resurrection. 
the second coming of Christ. But he's not talking about that here. He's talking about just man, those he's speaking to. He's not at a graveyard, guys. He's just talking to dead people. Jesus didn't come start a religion. He came to make dead people alive. So he's talking to dead people and he said, you ever heard the, what's the series called? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Jesus is among the walking dead. He's the only one alive on the planet. Well, how can you say that? They're all living and breathing because according to Scripture, everybody was dead in Adam. We were void of life. Oh, man, my heart breaks for you. If you do not know Christ inside, you do not have the wisdom to navigate this life. You, you've got to get it, you get, get connected to the vine so you have wisdom and guidance on how to make decisions, how to raise your children, your grandchildren, those kind of things. Man, you've got to get to the one who invented life. That's like going to your iPhone and asking it what's wrong with it. You don't ask your iPhone, you ask Apple. You've got to go to the manufacturer. When humans are broken, we don't ask the humans. Sheesh. <laughs> Amen? Why does it seem like we're spinning our wheels all the time? We're fumbling in the dark. We pass legislation. We got rules. We got more laws. We got more politicians. We got part, you know, political parties. Why are we going nowhere? Because man keeps asking man what the problem is. Yeah, human reasoning. But he's saying, he's not in a graveyard. He's just saying the dead on this planet will hear my voice and they'll live if they'll receive me. 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since by man, lowercase man, came death. That's Adam. Now look what Scripture does. By man, that's uppercase, Jesus, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. My goodness. The question is not, do you go to church? The question is not, do you try to be good? <laughs> Do you do your best every day to be a religious person? None of that can help you. None of it. The question is, are you void of the life of God? Because if you are, you're dead. You're not waiting to die. You're dead. Are you trying to live life separate from the one who invented it? And you'll notice in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul goes out of his way to never call a born-again believer who's been buried... Right? Shuck the earth suit. Never calls them dead. He says they're asleep. And there's a reason for that. Because they're not dead. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They're very much alive. Right? They're alive in Christ. They're with Christ. They're living the reality of hooking their wagon to Jesus Christ who is eternal life. All they're doing in the ground is awaiting the resurrection. When they get that glorified body. I'm looking forward to that. Because I don't know about you. I look in the mirror and sometimes I think, man, I could use a different body. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 1. And you he made alive. Who were what? Dead. That's what I mean. You need to be able to celebrate your own resurrection. I get... You know, Easter Sunday and resurrection, and I'm without Christ raising from the dead. Everything we're talking about is impossible, but I want you to grasp that you've been raised too. You possess eternal life. You know the one who is life, John 17, 3. So you he made alive who were dead. 
in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We've all been here and done it, got the t-shirt, right? We all once conducted ourselves with the lust of the flesh, filling desires of the, the flesh and the mind. We, you know, sometimes wonder, what's wrong with the world? Why is the world always worlding? They are dead. They are void of life. They do not have the wisdom from God, the one who invented life. They don't know how life is to be lived. By nature, everybody see that? By nature, they were children of wrath. That's why you got to get born again. When you get the life of God, you get a new nature. But God, two of my favorite words in the Bible, but God, usually follows a long list of whatever man's doing. But God, who's rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead, He made us alive together with Christ. Thank you, Jesus, when he, remember David and Goliath, when he raised, we raised, we came out of that tomb with him. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say, Brother Steve, okay, well it says by grace I'm saved, what does that mean? Well the word sozo is literally delivered. You've been delivered from what? Death. Okay, what's death? Eternal separation from God. And the Holy Spirit in you right now is the down payment. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. He is the guarantee of what's coming throughout eternity. That you're never going to be separated from God. And you know what I love, Will? I love the fact that I know His presence now. But the day that I shuck the earth suit, I'm going to know it even better. It's not like I'm taking a step down. I mean, man, it kind of makes me think, well, maybe I could leave now. There's, that's right. The, there's work to be done. I was going to say that. <laughs> Human beings not lifed by Christ are dead men walking. They're walking dead. Religion can't life you. And understand this. You don't bring anything to God. Don't bring your good works. Don't bring your, you know, your uh, church attendance. Don't bring all your wealth of knowledge. All you bring to Him is your understanding that you need life as He possesses it. We're talking about the Creator of human beings here. The Creator of all things. You will not hear me say at the end of this message, come forward and give your life to God. You don't have any life if you don't have Christ. There's nothing you can give. And Christianity is not God's going to make your life better. You don't have life unless you have Christ. And so what we offer is, hey, come receive divine life. Now, if I said, James and Mary Bell, the criteria is, you know, you got to be at the synagogue seven days a week. You got to give, you know, over 20 grand a year. Uh, You got to be a part of three different outreach teams. You know, maybe they make it, maybe they don't. (laughs) She said, we wouldn't make it. But what if the criteria is, I'm void of life. God, I come to you empty. Would you life me? They can have it. That's what we're offering. Religion can't. Religion won't do it. Only He can give us life that we did not possess. By grace we've been saved. Romans 5.10 says, okay, explain that to me, Brother Steve. Romans 5.10, you're saved by His life. Reconciled in His death but saved by His life. The whole world, He died for the whole world. The gate is open 
Not everybody's saved, though. They need to consent. They need to receive the life of God. We're saved by His life. Romans 5, 10. That's what delivers them from death, which is, what's death? Separation from God for all of eternity. I love Exodus 40, verse 33 and 34. Moses, it says, finished the work. And guess what the next verse says? Verse 35, and the glory filled the temple. Is it any coincidence Jesus Christ on the cross says, it is finished? And then soon after, here comes the glory of God, the Spirit of God to come, the life of God to come reside in His temple. John chapter 2, He told them, He told the Pharisees, I'm going to rebuild the temple. You see it? I'm going to rebuild it. They thought He was crazy. He wasn't talking about a building, guys. Never mistake the church for the building, ever. The church is you. You're housing the presence of God. You don't even have to. I mean, I'm okay with it. Sometimes people bring people to church in hopes that they'll get born again and get life. I'm okay with that. But listen, you got the life. He's out there. He's in Walmart. He's in your living room. Wherever they receive Him. You got the goods to deliver the kingdom of God. Amen. You're not void of life in Christ. You, you carry the goods. Amen. The resurrection is so powerful. Jesus, rising from the dead, ensured that he'll never die again. Was there anyone else ever raised from, from the dead besides Jesus? Any human being ever been raised from the dead? Yes. Let's take Lazarus. He was raised from the dead. Did he die again? Yes, yes he did. Jesus will never die again. The resurrected Christ will never die. And you're with him, so neither will you. You are free now from what the Bible calls the second death. For all of eternity, you are alive in Christ. And I'll show this to you in Scripture in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 6, verse 8 through 11. Look at this. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with Him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. That's what he's talking about. Other people did die again. Lazarus did die physically later. Christ, in that glorified body, He will never die again. Death has no dominion over Christ. He will never be separate from the life of His Father. And I mention this again. He did taste death at the cross. He tasted it for us. That's how, that's how 2 Corinthians 5.21 comes to fruition. God made Him who knew no sin to become sin. He became sin. He was separated from the Lord as the Son of Man. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Second part of 2 Corinthians 5.21, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God. We were made right with God in that exchange. We took communion this morning. I hope you enjoyed drinking that cup that symbolizes pure life, pure blood, purity, love, holiness. I mean the holiness of God, Patrick. That's what that cup rep- represents. You know what cup he drank? The one where he said, Father, if this cup can pass from me, then so be it. If there's some other way, you tell me now because we're going to go that way. (laughs) But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. If I have to drink this cup, then I'll do it. And what was in that cup is all of our sin and death and every disease known to mankind is in this cup. What an exchange. That's what I'm saying. I'm just being honest. I don't know that I fully comprehend everything that happened. In his death and resurrection. 
Amen. Thank you. No pressure. (laughs) All right. Did I get through that? Let's see. Oh, verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for everybody. The whole world. He died. He died for everybody. But the life that he lives, he loves, lives unto God. So likewise, what Paul is saying here is in the same exact way then, you are dead too. Reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive now to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Boy, I love that. Let's look at John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now he's talking about a natural death. Though he may die naturally, physically, he shall live. Verse 26, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. That's spiritual life. He said, do you believe this? So does that make sense to you? My, my Pastor Dwayne, he died on that table. But what died? Did Dwayne die? No, his body died. Death cannot kill you. Death is just a memory. You'll never see death. I mean, it says it right here. You'll never die. You'll you'll never see death, which is this eternal darkness, this separation from God. Kind of makes you love Jesus, doesn't it? (laughs) Kind of makes you makes you thankful. The Holy Spirit is this divine life that abides with us forever. I'll pass through that veil. I'll shuck my earth suit, but I'm never going to be separated from Him. I'm going to go immediately. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord in even greater measure than I know and experience Him now. Let me give you this one. This is Hebrews 2, verse 14. Since the children of flesh and blood, He too shared in their humanity so that by His death He might break the power of Him who holds the power of death. That is, the devil. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God was made manifest was to destroy the works of the devil. What was the work of the devil in the end? It was sin and death, right. We read it earlier that through one man death entered the world, or sin entered the world through Adam, which created death inside of us. That was the work of the devil that Jesus came to abolish. That's why it's called the death of death. Thank you, Jesus. So he breaks the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and he freed those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. So perhaps that was natural death. Maybe they feared never ceasing to exist, but that'll never happen. The only way you can cease to exist, hear what I'm about to say, is if Jesus Christ ceases to exist. And that will not happen. So take joy in not just eternal life from that perspective of being with God all that time, but the quality of life, of oneness with your Father. So powerful. Fear of, maybe he's talking about fear of separation from God, and I've already mentioned that. Nothing's going to separate you from God. The Holy Spirit's your down payment. You can trust Him. Let's go to this one. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written, death is swallowed up in victory. Whose victory? Christ's victory. But it's also mine. So death, where is your sting? Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. It definitely stung us. And the strength of sin is the law. The law revealed to us we were dead. We could not keep 
the things of God apart from God. We had no ability to do that. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, look at this, be steadfast, guys. Be immovable. I know what's happening around you, but always be abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is never in vain in Him. Matt, you guys can come. You know, you paraphrase that passage right there. Death, you lost. Pop open the uh, (laughs) Coca-Cola. Champagne. (laughs) He's basically saying death has lost. Celebrate. We have life with the living God. I mentioned it earlier. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Therefore we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed every day. My inner man will never die. Feed me to the lions if you want. Pour oil on me. Set me on fire. You can only kill my body. You cannot kill me. This, this existence here is temporary. Listen to this. John 14, 19. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. One last thing. I just want to share my heart with those of you you may not know Christ. And as I said earlier, if you don't know Him, we love you. We're so glad that you're here. This is the good news of what He's done. Man cannot save himself. Jesus took care of that. But I want to say this to you. You know, all of us experience trials in the world. Whether you're, you know, I've loved Jesus since I was five, or you're like, I've never known Jesus. Today's the first day I heard of Him. We all, as human beings, experience trials and pain and suffering. Sometimes life blindsides us in this natural world. My oldest brother was killed in a car wreck when I was 11 years old. He was 19 years old. I wasn't sure my mom would survive that. I wasn't. But through Christ, she did. And she served him. I often joke, she prayed me into manifestation because she prayed for me a lot. My point is, though, that life is hard. It has challenges. And then we, we make terrible choices sometimes. None of us in this room are immune from what we call big pieces or stupid. Things where you look back and like, how what was I thinking, Annie? What how how did that happen? And you know, and I think with that, and I speak from experience, we uh we look at those things, our big mistakes and our failures or whatever, and we see the guilt and the shame. But what if when he looks at it, he sees the reason he came? Jesus looks at your failures. He looks at your past. He looks at the mistakes you've made. And He sees the reason He had to come. What if your brokenness actually attracts Him to you instead of repels Him? You say, well, where do you get that? That's crazy. You really want to know? Here's where I get it. He came to seek and save that which is lost. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's on YouTube, and I encourage you to watch it. Uh, the guy's name is Alistair Begg, B-E-G-G. I think he's maybe a, a pastor in the U.K. or something. He's got an accent. Ireland. Okay, if you've not seen this video, you've got to watch this. It's about the man on the middle cross. And what he says is he tells this story about the day at Golgotha. There's, you know, three three guys up there. And as you remember... One of them mocks Jesus. One of them finally repents and basically says, remember me. You know, he recognizes who Jesus is. And 
Jesus says to this thief, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. So as he tells, as Alistair tells the story, he said, when I get to heaven, I want to meet this guy. And he's like, how in the world did this turn out for you? You know, and he he said, "I, I picture him at the pearly gates and the angel meets him there and he's like what are you doing here and the the thief says i don't really know i don't know how i got here i don't know why i'm qualified to be here so the angel says well do you understand the doctrine of justification and he's like i never heard of it he said well okay do you understand the doctrine of scripture you know and you interpreted the scriptures and you were a good you know studier or whatever during the course of your life he said no i never picked up the bible i have nothing i know nothing about it do you understand the doctrine of the new birth at all no i don't get it so he's like i'm t- the angel's confused let me go get my manager so he goes and gets his manager and brings him this guy he's got nothing he's got no credibility no criteria to get in here so the the manager says what are you doing here he says i don't know i I don't know how i got here well so you don't have any of these qualifications no i have no qualifications then what are you doing here and and he says the thief says this the man on the middle cross said i could come that's why i'm here now see that should give every one of us hope man is not saving himself none of us the man on the middle cross is the one who said we could come and I invite you today take the journey of life take the journey of Christ as your life will you stand with me if you're here this morning let's go ahead and bow our heads while the church is praying if you're here this morning you say brother Steve I have never heard of a gospel like this I have I have never received Jesus Christ into my heart to actually become my life that I would possess eternal union with almighty God through Jesus Christ his spirit into my spirit but I am cut to the quick today I know that I'm void of life and I must have Christ is my life inside my heart. If that's you, would you just raise your hand quickly and say, pray for me, Brother Steve. Anybody, I must have life today. Anyone here, I know that if I died right now, I would would be separated from God. Anybody. Thank you, Father. We're going to wait just a moment. I don't want anybody leaving here void of life. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring your death, your emptiness to Him, and He will life you. Anyone? Just raise your hand where I can see it. Anybody? If you're here today and you say, Brother Steve, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I have known him I have prayed that prayer but I've not been walking with him would you guys pray for me today I get back up dust myself off and we'll continue this journey if that's you would you slip your hand up so we can pray for you anybody thank you anybody else thank you anybody else just want to rededicate my heart today anybody else thank you praise God Father, right now we pray for these three who know in their heart, Lord, that they've been given life. They've just not been participating with life. So 
We just pray for them right now. Holy Spirit, thank you for touching their heart. And now, Lord, as they go from here today, Lord, I thank you that you go with them. I pray, Lord, that they'll have relationship with some good godly people around them that can encourage them, strengthen them. So we just pray for them this morning, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, cause your face to shine upon them. Lord, grant grant them peace. It is a journey. It really is. We thank you for these rededications. In Jesus' name, amen.